0: Greetings adventurers, welcome to The Confused Orc Is Me, your portal to a world where chaos meets comedy in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Embrace the unexpected and let's see adventure take us everywhere. After all, in a world of D&D, anything can happen. And often does! And now to start today's adventure, here's our Dungeon Masters, Kyle Stobiner
1: and Ryan Wells. Thank you for coming back to D&D and the Confused Orc is Me. My name is Ryan Wells, I've been a GM DM for 20 some years. I think we're on our final session now, I have a fellow GM DM here.
0: Hi, my name is Kyle Stobiner and yes, I've also been doing it for about 20 years or so and... You know, it's it's my favorite game, man. It's one of my favorite games of all time.
1: And we have this wonderful orc with us. He's very confused still. Um, go ahead. Yeah,
2: uh, I'm confused. Yeah. huh? Uh, and what's confusing me the most, and I alluded to it earlier, and you guys asked me to put it off until this session. What happens if I die in a game, or how does the game end? So we've talked about, you know, four and five hour sessions. And we've talked about five year sessions Mm -hmm. at some point. Is there a nuclear end to the game Mm -hmm. or is a player? What I guess really confuses me is that let's say it's a six hour game, but two hours into it through chance of dice. I die. Mm -hmm. Am I out and just watching my friends play for the next four
1: hours? Yes, you have to sit there for the two years <laughs> and watch us play. And uh, that's it.
0: So again, like many of these questions, the kind of cop out answer yeah, is yeah. it's up to your GM. It's up to the GM. But at the same time, one of the reasons why we wanted to put this question off is we wanted to and I think we covered it in the last couple ones where the impact that this game has, these emotional connections. We've been playing this game for two years or whatever, and you're so attached to your character. Yep. And every time you have combat, every session, there is that chance that something happens. That a char- your, you get hit a little bit too hard and your character goes down. So if there's this... There are worse things than death in D&D <laughs> well, Yes, I was going to get to that too, but... Um, Life after death. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have this character you've loved playing so much and just the idea that, Oh my God, this, this is real danger and it makes it feel like real danger. So when a character drops Mm -hmm. and, and a character dies, you feel it. The table feels it. It's, it's worse than seeing your favorite character die in a TV show. Like this thing that you've been working towards. Suddenly this character story ends, but it's up to the DM what you do with it. Oftentimes, I will pull my players aside if that ever happens and says, "Okay, how do you want to handle this?" Mm-hmm. Because we can say, "Okay, this character is dead. You can you can pick a new. You can uh, the traditional way, mm-hmm. character's dead, roll up a new character, and we'll get you in in an organic way."
2: Oh, okay. So Um, there's um, a metamorphosis to a different character to continue playing until the end of the game. Right. So you're not just sitting there watching your friends play. Yeah. I thought, as the confused orc, Mm -hmm. hmm, that the GM or some wizard that's playing might have a, a reactivation potion or, uh, you know, in Call of Duty, it's a med kit, mm-hmm. right? You, mm-hmm. you have something that can restore your health and, and keep you strong. I, I don't know if that exists in D&D, but it, so I'm the confused orc. I yeah. was uh, confused when I didn't steal the <laughs> purse of gold, but the dragon head... Mm -hmm. thought I had and he's about a head taller than me and he ends up beating the crap out of me and I'm lying dying on the side of the road is is the village burns away what what are my prospects
1: well I think a couple key things for jokes I with Mm -hmm. a necromancer no one stays dead I mean anything (laughs) is reusable and recastable and brought back but for me sure I have campaign I'm doing right now, where one player has died four times.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I'm not joking. They it, call
2: him Lucky. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> so he has died four times, but he's made four different characters. And so he is an experienced player. He's been playing as long as I have. So we... He understands, like, if a player dies, critical roll, critical strike, petrification and whatnot, he understands, like...
2: Petrification, by the way, means oh, yeah. that you've been petrified like the old forest of old, and yes. you're now a man of stone.
1: Yes. yes. And he understands that it is not a personal attack against the GM versus the player. Like, I've killed you. You're done. I, don't, you know, He understands the flow. And so what we've been doing is... Um, Every time he dies, he creates a new character, and then we keep that character who's died in the back pocket and say, they're still doing stuff, whether it's in a different plane of existence, whether that person has not died, but they're petrified. Their stories are still going on. He's just this new person in this campaign now. And then the running joke is how long is this new character going to last? Mm -hmm. It's going to be six more – So there's been sessions where four sessions will go by and then he dies again. And and, and we don't even try. It's not even like I'm actively trying to kill him. It's just either the luck of the dice, choices that were made that have caused him to do it. And so you have to decide as a DM and as a player – do you want to create a new character or are we like you said, as a wizard, do we want to find a way to bring your character back to life and to keep them? But going? the
2: usual is to either, uh, metamorphosize to a different mm-hmm. character yeah. or actually be reborn through some way. Yeah. And here's my two examples. I talked about the board game risk. If mm-hmm. you got knocked out, you were out. Yeah. You would sit and drink beer and watch your friends finish the game yeah. in call of duty. You, you get could, revived. you get re- revived, right? And you you may have to start over somewhere mm-hmm. or or reinitiate uh, an engagement, but you kind of have unlimited lives. Yeah. So you have risk that was final. Yeah. You have Call of Duty, which is perpetual, and in D and D, it sounds like it it's it's kind of a mix of the two because you could be perpetual and be brought back to life or you could actually be gone Mm -hmm. and you have to recreate a whole new character.
0: I've done both. I've had early on, we had a, uh, we had a burn policy Mm. where a character dies we go in the backyard with a lighter, yeah. and we set the character sheet on fire. Like, it's oh. permanent, permanent.
2: Wow. That's like um, a Viking funeral. Moment. Yes.
0: Yeah. But that's, I personally, at this point, again, I take them aside and say, how do you want to do this? Oh. What do you want to do with it? My, Like we were saying earlier, there are worse things than death. Yes. Oftentimes, if a player wants to keep their character around, I will go, okay, okay. You are set to a black void, yes, and you are approached by something, yes. and they say, "Do I have a deal for you?" Yeah. You know, and then suddenly, maybe
2: sacrifice um, one of your powers right. to be brought back to life. Or, you, you or can wheel and deal with the devil.
0: They're brought oh, yes. back suddenly. They are here, but they the, there's a smell of sulfur in the air, oh. and you don't bring it up at all. The other players are like, "What?" the heck happened and that player is completely fine. But then that's something in your back GM pocket. You're just like, well, this is going to come back to bite them in the ass. One of his
2: rotting arms just fell off.
0: Right, right, exactly. So like it's, it's, you can make these interesting story hooks when a character dies. That's so much more interesting than just he roll up a new character, but it is a conversation. Like we said, it's a conversation you have to have with your player. And at the end of the day, again, the priority number one is, Mm -hmm. is your, are your players having fun? So the
2: the, entertainment value and the immersion of the story. So death is, can be beat, but it's part of the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, the big question that we haven't really answered is, for example, in risk, at some point, somebody has taken over the world Mm -hmm. in Call of Duty, you know, you can keep going up in levels, but some do and some don't. Yeah. There's kind of, uh, there's really no sense of finality in that, but, uh, you know, the the game ends. Mm-hmm. But in D&D, what does it take for the game to end? And I'm going to just guess mm-hmm. as the confused orc,
0: mm-hmm.
2: hmm? that the dungeon master has choreographed mm-hmm some sort of ending, whether it's killing a dragon, saving a princess, grabbing the treasure, um, some quest, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned earlier, well, you pushed the button and the game was over and that confused me. Sure. Yeah. So Ryan, why don't you start? What would you say is the way a dungeon master finds an end to the story?
1: So if we're taking away the aspect of real life, if we're saying the campaign is not ending because Steve's got a new job and he can't play anymore. In a
0: perfect, in a vacuum where scheduling and adult responsibilities do not come into play. Taking away that, because that's like 50% sometimes.
1: I would say for me personally as a GM, uh, the hardest part is choosing when to end the campaign because I I want it to end at some point because you know anything that's good can't last forever you know it really can't and so you have to find an organic way for you to say hey I want this to end you're then at that point choosing "All right, cool how many sessions do we have left rougher give or take and then how do I kind of want this to close out in a natural and fitting way that will make my players feel like their time was worthwhile playing this and it's not just a party wipe where you kill everyone and you walk Mm -hmm. out the door so for me, like most of my campaigns that have ended story-wise, uh, yeah, I find it a way. Usually it's a big bad for me personally. And you wait that wait, wait say big, that again.
0: The big bad is uh, the main arch villain of the story.
1: Usually it's some sort of demon, lich. Some sort of entity that has been the puppeteer in the back, the puppet master. Throughout the whole arc yeah. of the story. And they, you're able to defeat him. Yeah, you're able to defeat him or an avatar of him. The campaign I'm doing right now, without doing too many spoilers because my players might listen to this. There, There is something, an, an entity that they have to defeat. And once they do, the world is not perfect at that point, but their struggles, their big arc... Their story is kind of at a, at a close. Of the so point. the
2: story finds an end. Now, uh, I want to hear your answer, Kyle. But before, you guys both alluded to that at least 50% of the time, yes. life gets in the way. Yes. So you're in the middle of a game. Somebody moves away. Yep. Something happens. Mm-hmm. The game it basically ends mid-game. mid-game. It'd be like playing Monopoly, and you're an hour and a half in, and you just walk away away. Yep. Without determining a winner or yeah. or a completion,
0: that's why the three year long campaigns are actually very rare. It is. Because, and and like the guys who've been playing for twenty years, yeah. like that's that's why I was so shocked because it is a major insane. commitment as mm-hmm. adults who play this game. Like that, the the life comes first. Yep. You know, people have kids. have things to do. They have kids. They have jobs. They have moves. Um, we've had deaths, yeah. Well,
1: not to bring it down, but we've had one player who passed away, mm-hmm. and that's just it, you know it's life. Yeah, so and unfortunately, point. it's it comes with the territory. You didn't try to
2: bring him back in the game. No,
1: not. In <laughs> we yeah. did put something in the game to like memorialize that person. Yeah. Uh, we, okay. tried do we tried to the best, Try to make it you know organic and respectful. Yeah, but yeah, we've we've done that.
0: It's um yeah, it can when that when these life events get in the way of the game, it can be a, you know, suddenly it's so un- not satisfying. Like we had this big arc going and then suddenly that story is never told again.
2: Yeah. yeah that, that would be, um, I could see disappointing or frustrating. Well, Kyle as a GM. Uh, do you always have a beginning, middle and end?
0: Yes. I always have a, beginning and end picked out. And then the middle, I always have as a modular, like I know I will prepare maybe three or four sessions in advance. <laughs> I'll have the next couple sessions. And again, I'll keep it modular. I'll, I know I want this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. And I try to have those happen. And I, I tried it not railroad, which is the term for like making your players do this. Cause it should always be your players choices. Yeah. But m- Leading them towards the ending, I'm kind of thinking, or moving the ending to yeah. no matter adapting what, to adapt adapt
2: the story to where exactly. the players have taken it. But how often, and this could be for either one of you, is there you know a pot of gold or a distressed mm-hmm. princess or a dragon to be slain? Am I am I making too much of that? Is it no. or is it that?
0: Uh, basic. Sometimes it is that basic. Like if you have, especially for the games that like I call them single at, single arc. Instead Does of arc a stand one-
2: for something? Or you, you, no,
0: it's a story arc. Yeah. Okay, it's just uh, wanted to make it clear. Yeah, yeah, single act or single arc sessions where instead of the one shot where you're doing it all at once, mm-hmm. you choose like, okay, for the next two months we're going to tell this specific story okay. and instead of being like the three to five year long, this is a huge sprawling thing. It's, yeah, there is a town that is being attacked by a dragon and people are disappearing and the entire story is the players are trying to solve this mystery and defeat the dragon at the end, maybe. So... That's why having an idea of scope is really important and talking to your players like we've been talking about. Um, Yeah,
2: Ryan and you have both mentioned how important it is to be interactive with the players. And I think, again, that goes back to the social aspect of the game and why you guys both love it Mm -hmm. is that uh, not only are you building uh, real-life relationships, but the characters themselves develop relationships that – might go any number of directions. You guys could be best friends in real life and yet you're doing combat (laughs) regularly in the game. Yes. So it it allows some um dynamics to Mm -hmm. be played out. Well I have to say as a confused orc, huh? I have a better idea of what D let's let's call it what it is. Dungeons and Dragons is all about. And even though I think there's still a lot to be learned, Mm -hmm. I uh, appreciate the two Dungeon Masters sharing this last series of podcast shows Mm -hmm. to educate and uh, make the confused orc a little less confused. Before we sign off, if you were talking to that 10-year-old girl that approached you at the restaurant and asked about it, your advice was to look for clubs, join yes. groups, use their social skills to try to get into a game. Uh, would you expand on that at all, or is there uh, any other advice to uh, newbies?
1: Yeah, no, that's the biggest one I have. Is like reach out, find clubs, find you know if you if you're at work and you you know work with a lot mm-hmm. of people in person, start asking around, start talking to people. Find your village, find your group. Exactly. Yeah. Find your circus, find your monkeys, you know, it just reach out. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you can have a place like a school or something like that or college that you can go to, start looking for clubs, start looking for mm-hmm. groups of people, you know, if you work primarily, same thing, start talking around, asking people questions and yeah. see who's, who's available.
2: Kyle, but, you're a, a professional animator. You've had a lot of success, but you, uh had to move away. You live in Nova Scotia, yes. Canada, but you still maintain your D and D games with your group of friends here, which I think is amazing. Absolutely. What advice or what would you tell a newbie that you ran into about this game mm-hmm. that, that you think would stick?
0: Yeah. Find Again, find your, yeah. find your group, find people you're comfortable with. And also like beyond what's already been said, Find a game... You know, if you're looking to try out and get a taste for this, you do not need to go absolutely full into the huge rule versions, like the huge rule games. Mm Like, D&D is the most popular one, but it does have a lot of rules. You don't have to dive into those. There are some amazing... Tabletop RPGs online that are kind of short form games, short form yep. single page. There's one um, that one I bring up all the time that's hilarious is uh, Honey Heist, where you're all playing bears trying to steal honey oh, from a uh, they're trying to dress up like people and steal honey from a bank, um, <laughs> or uh, Toon, which is literally actually Looney Tunes. Oh, that's cool but a tabletop game where your abilities are all like pulling things from holes and, and doing and changing your shape and doing stuff like that. Um, there's the
1: week is really good. Monster of the week is great.
0: Do some research, talk to veterans like us. Um, you'll, you know, visit your local game stores and, and if there are, again, like be, be wary there are you know you got to be comfortable with people yeah, yeah, that you're yeah. playing with but um you'll find them and there's so many ways to play out there it's i think you'll have a great time
2: well ladies and gentlemen uh, this has been a real uh, fun task for me to be <laughs> with uh, a terrific friend like Ryan and my uh, godson Kyle yeah. uh, who's visiting and we've had a chance to explore something that i've always been curious about I should say confused about. Huh?
0: Maybe not so much anymore. Yes,
2: and these two masters. Uh, we also want to thank our MPC, Bob Stobener, the father of Kyle, Thanks, who uh, jumped you, you in. Know. That's that's cool, man. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks dude. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, there may be more uh, shows down the road, okay, but for now, yeah, we're... Um, Uh, ending the session and i just want to say thank you ryan thank you kyle and uh, we hope everybody listening has a basic understanding (laughs) of dungeons and
0: dragons have a great one take
1: it easy guys
0: yeah thank you for listening to
1: DD the confused dork is me
0: we hoped you learned a lot about dungeons and dragons today hope you'll be back with us real soon for another
2: episode. Stay tuned, won't you?